Yes, yes, Laura. Thank you, Father, for getting us all wrecked on the fresh oil. Oil of joy, oil of bliss, oil of happiness. Just thank you, Lord, for the anointing poured on each and every head. So no one lives in the realm of the dead. Man does not live off of bread alone, but by every word from the white bird. Jesus. Great White Eagle Hollow. Would you be offended if he came as a great white pigeon? Maybe a great white pterodactyl. Swoop down from above and just eat your brain. I mean, I know God is good and he's not capable of badness. God's not capable of sadness. God's only capable of goodness, joy, bliss, ecstasy, feeling good all the time, and having fun all the time. I think we could understand that. God's favorite subject in school is recess. Absolute facts. Most important theology that you have is that God's favorite class in school is recess. <laughs> if you don't know that or believe that, you ain't gonna understand the glory. The glory is all about enjoyment. <laughs> the glory is all about having fun with God. God created man and woman to live in his spirit physically and enjoy him physically. <laughs> to enjoy the spirit physically is our ecstasy. One of the main problems you deal with because we all get tempted by religion is that we're not to enjoy God physically. It's only spiritual. It's only deep within my spirit and it actually becomes an unreality because of some kind of thing working in our brain that tells us that it's faith. I don't need to feel it. If you don't feel it, then it's 
it's not happening to you. If you don't feel it, it's not going on in your soul. One third of your soul is your feelings. I think we want to feel Jesus in our soul, otherwise Jesus is not in our souls. Amen? We need to feel Him. He wants us to feel Him more, to feel how good He feels. That's what growing in the Spirit's all about, is feeling better every day. It's funner to look out your eyeballs every day. It's fun, funner to listen out your eardrums every day. It's funner to use these bodies every day that God has prepared for our spirit to enjoy Him in. This is a body of enjoyment. You know, we, we have demonic influence, and so we're hard on demons, and we're hard on sin. The only reason why is so that we can enjoy God more in the body. If anyone says that the joy of the Lord didn't come in the flesh, they are an antichrist because the entire purpose of salvation is to enjoy God while in the body. Moral and spiritual resurrection that lifts us out from among the dead even while in the body. You know, the body is the ability to gain great rewards. What you do in these bodies determines how close you are to His throne and actual measurements of rewards. And these rewards are all physical pleasures. How good you feel, how bright you are, how intelligent your spirit is, is how bright your spirit is, which is how good you're gonna feel in the level of glory that you agreed to pay a price for while you lived in these bodies. And paying the price isn't some kind of sad, arduous, <laughs> terrible process of, oh, woe is me. And it's just so hard to serve God when he's just pouring out liquid ecstasy down your throat. How dare you threaten me with a good time? Jesus. Give us a revelation of your goodness tonight to take heavenly flight in heavenly ecstasy delight where everything's all right. No longer sad, always glad with dad in the glory cloud in a higher dimension of realizing the glory. You know, enjoying God is the ascension of the believer. When we had less faith, we had less enjoyment. A lack of enjoying the Spirit will always have the presence of the world and sin. You can't be in this world and not be a temple to something. The issue is, cleansing the temple, turning over the tables in the temple, and a lot of them are filthy lucre, which is just simply trusting in the natural realm, not Jehovah Jireh, trusting in the glory realm, the riches and glory to create for you, but trusting in the arm of flesh and trusting in the mind of man to provide for you, which is demon worship. We need to trust in the Holy Ghost. What is Jehovah Jireh? You know, the number one thing that people don't want to talk about, but they think about more than any other thing is money. 
and you gotta sort it out and get it purified in your hearts and minds in the glory. This is something that needs to be consecrated in you, and if it's not, you're gonna have major issues in your life. Major areas of ignorance, foolishness, people go into debt, they go into slavery. You know how much scripture is dedicated to the dealings of money? I bet you it's a, over 10% of the Bible is in dealing with practical wisdom of managing finances. It's huge. It's not a minor subject in the Bible. If you read Proverbs and Wisdom, money is talked about every single chapter in the wisdom literature. Not to get into greed. God doesn't have greed. God doesn't have idols. To get into wisdom of how to manage the natural realm. Practical wisdom. Insights into practical wisdom. Learning how to manage your natural realm perfectly as a spirit being. It's fun to do. <laughs> Enjoying God is a perfect management of the natural realm. And if the finances are not managed by the spirit of wisdom, it's going to be a mess. Other people, it's just their thought life, their emotional life. All of it has to be managed. The spirit of wisdom is rising in your spirit to manage your souls. Growing in wisdom is growing in the management of your natural man as a spirit man. The grace, the favor, which is the light of God, the presence of God is with your spirit to manage your heart and your mind and your bones from glory to glory in your souls. Christ the center of our souls. Christ is the centerpiece of God's creation in his creation. He is the light in the temple of our bodies. In the Old Testament, he was the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. In the New Testament, he is the very throne of the Lamb in the center of our souls. That's why the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist, because in the Old Covenant, you didn't have the throne of God in the center of your soul. It was an external anointing for the most part. In the New Covenant, you have God's very throne in your spirit, and as your mind goes inwardly, His wisdom is shared with your mind. That's why you're transfigured by the renewing of your mind. Your mind is learning how to manage things from God's throne. That's your kingship. That's your kingly ability. That's your kingly dignity. That's your royalty. That is all the kingdom of heaven within you, training your brain, convincing your brain that it's real. People have doubt, unbelief. Doubt and unbelief is a covenant with the fallen angel. It's not just oh, a lack of faith, it's a covenant with a demon. In order to doubt, you have to be in agreement with a demon spirit because it's a foreign substance to heaven. There's no doubt and unbelief in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven, the Bible says. Which means that to get all of the garbage out of you, we're going to need the building up of your spirit within you. One gets torn down, 
the other gets built up. This divine child they prophesied over him at the temple is appointed for the rise and fall of many nations. <laughs> Have your nations fallen so that his nation, the new Israel, the Christian race born of spirit, it's a racial term of those that are born of God. It's a different race of beings. They're the sons of God. Sons of God are not just mature believers. They're a different race. It's a different ethnicity. It's a new creature altogether new. No longer human beings. Even if you see the human body, the creature within is not a human body. What's running that avatar is not human. It's not a part of this creation and it's not from this world. God is altogether holy, which means set apart from the world. If you're born of God, your new creature is not a part of this creation. That's how you rule over this creation. To have dominion over the earth, you cannot be from the earth. You know that. Angels have ruled over this earth. They're not from the earth. God created them in heaven, and that's why they have dominion over the earth. You are created, recreated, born again in heaven. John chapter 3, born above. How far above? Right where he is. You are born in the throne of God. You are recreated inside God on his throne when you were born again. And if you haven't been born again, just say, Jesus, come into my heart and save me. Jesus, come into my heart and save me. Amen. There you go. Now. Now your spirit is in heavenly places. If anyone calls upon the name of Jesus, he's saved. It's epic. But it's very simple, and it is very easy. It is very, very easy to be saved. Now, to grow in salvation, that takes training. That takes discipleship. That takes wisdom. Studying the Bible to show yourselves approved. A workman who needs not be ashamed, who rightly divides the word of truth. Someone that's going deeper in the glory, you can see it like mountain climbing. You need tools. A priesthood needs tools. There's no priesthood without the tools, and the tools are mentioned throughout the New Testament. There's nine overcomers tools in Revelation 2 and 3. Is that what we're going to talk about tonight, Holy Ghost? <laughs> I like the Amplified Classic. To the angel. Aren't you glad it's to the angel and not to the beast? To the animal of the assembly of Minneapolis. That would actually make a lot more sense. But it's not to the animal. It's not to the flesh. It's to the spirit, which is angel. To the angel messenger of the assembly church in Ephesus, right? These are the words of him who holds the seven stars, which are the messengers, or angels, of the seven churches in his right hand. <laughs> who goes about among the seven golden lampstands, which are the seven churches, ministry of light. You see, it's lights. 
What are stars and lampstands? Sources of light. Revelation is entirely practical. It's all about light. It's all about growing in light. The ministry of the new covenant is a ministry of Shekinah. Shekinah is something you'll always grow in from the moment you first believed in Jesus. That's called ever-increasing glory. The transfiguration of your spirit is an ever-increasing glory. Transfiguration is not a one-time deal. You're like, oh, the someday when I transfigure in my spirit. Man, you are deceived. You are deceived. Big time. Transfiguration is constantly being changed. That's what the Bible says. Constant transfiguration. By looking into the glory of the word, we are constantly changed from one degree of glory to another degree and level of brightness by the Spirit who is the Lord. So, you know, you're already transfigured in spirit. That's what the Holy Ghost said to me today. You're already transfigured in spirit. Doesn't mean you're already perfect. Your spirit is perfect. What's the standard of perfection? Now, getting that all throughout your soul. Melting your physical heart and your physical brain and your physical bones. I mean, to have it in your spirit is wonderful. All the angels rejoice because they're spirits. To have it in your soul and your brain, angels long to look into these things because they don't have souls or brains. They were created spirits. They're spirits. You have the soul, the mind, and the bones and the marrow. They don't have any of that. You're totally different creatures than angels. But your spirit is fully angel like them. Plus you got all these additional things that they don't have. That's why angels long to look into these things, because they don't have these things. And it's interesting. What is all this additional stuff? It's a soul, it's a mind, and it's a body. Angels don't have bodies. Hallelujah. That's why the disembodied angels want your bodies. They need your bodies in order to rule the natural realm. And every time you sin, you make an agreement with them and say, yes, you can rule through my body. So that's why the blood of Jesus is what constantly saves you from using your bodies for the enemy. That's why you can't put down the cup of the new covenant. You're drinking every day. You'll be drinking forever. Amen. You're going to have your bodies forever. There'll be a resurrection of your bodies. So your bodies, get used to it. It will change. God was speaking to me today about the beauty of Adam and Eve. Because it was the perfection of God's spirit, the beauty of Yahweh, the beauty of Zion, Yahweh shines forth. Perfected beauty in the spirit is God's priority. The overflow is also important to him because he wants the restoration of all things. He wants his kids to image bear the beauty of his spirit, the beauty of his glory, the beauty of Zion, the beauty of holiness. That's important to him that you be beautified in your spirit and your spirit transform your DNA. The image bearing that we often have in our human DNA doesn't look anything like God. 
people I remember starting out ministry and people were talking about burying the image of God and I was like your, your flesh is not the image of God God is spirit those who worship God have to be in spirit and in truth your flesh is the image of your mommy and daddy that's not God your mom and dad are not God you have to be born again God the Holy Ghost is mommy and daddy but people have all these weird ideas because of a lack of revelation they're perishing so it's this knowledge of the realm of the dead they apply the natural knowledge to God which is blasphemy to apply the realm of the dead and the understanding of the natural dimension of flesh and blood to the things of the spirit is foolishness and that's called doctrines of men and doctrines of demon teachings that demons teach demons are natural elemental spiritual forces of wickedness apostle paul says so we need to go into the holy ghost and be taught and discipled of the spirit of god there are so many opinions in us about everything mainly because we've gone to church or we've been taught wrong listen even if you're taught right by the spirit in the hand of god in the throne room brother <laughs> what you've been taught by god will always change and grow that's why when the prophetic which is the seed of the living word of god begins to grow in you you haven't seen it before you don't know living in the awe of god and walking in the fear of the lord is walking in i don't know but i trust the flow if you can trust the spirit in the word in your spirit you can put your brain on autopilot to enjoy the newness of his throughness of the river flowing through you if your brain is insane it'll always need to figure it out that's why we got all of this ideas and teachings and doctrines and philosophy that we apply to God nothing in the flesh is God nothing the flesh is not God the spirit is God not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord the spirit is God and you learn directly from God in your spirit which is in your bellies the people that aren't God inside minded have never been taught of God they might have listened to the prophets most of the prophets are not God inside enough right now to even deal with the climax of the ages and the maturity of the times. Truth anyhow, they're not prepared. You're only prepared for the climax of the ages to the measure you are God inside minded. If you're fully God inside minded, this is easy. This is actually quite fun. If you're bewitched, and you're just partially got inside minded or you got the good teaching that you know first john 4 4 greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and you got a little god inside mental revelation but you're still an externalist you're gonna get political you're gonna get tempted by the natural realm to get into bewitchment christianity now you want to hear a sad thing that the spirit of god told me this week i want to tell you something really sad because we want to fix this because it's terrible you are actually more lost as a bewitched believer than an unbeliever a bewitched christian believer in jesus is more lost than an unbeliever 
and bewitchment is the god outside mindedness. This is the accurate assessment of the situation. This is why people are completely nuts in a charismatic form of godliness that's not God inside minded, which means it's not developed in the spirit, so it's not God. God is spirit. The grace of the Lord Jesus is for your spirit. Your spirit is to conquer the soul. Otherwise, there's no there's no overcoming the world. The world is the soul. All that is in the world, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. So you add a Christianity into the soul, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life, and it's just all trash. It's trash. It is not Christianity. We're dealing with Christian trash everywhere, majorly. And the apostle's job is to take the trash out, which is to annihilate the soul and raise up the spirit. Christ, the bright morning star, must rise in your spirit. When a star rises, when a lampstand rises in your heart, seven golden lampstands, seven stars in his right hand, it takes out the trash of bewitchment. And in order for us to prepare to Jesus a chaste virgin bride, equally yoked to him with spiritual ability, there must be a people that is fully God inside minded. And there's not. There's not. The leaders of the charismatic church have a mixture. They have a mixture, but they're not fully God inside minded. The sons of God will bring forth the fullness of deity in bodily form, and it looks nothing. I repeat, it looks nothing like the charismatic Pentecostal church age of the last hundred years. Doesn't even look close. <laughs> People off, that's why we get so persecuted by the charismatics and the Pentecostals. Majorly, not minorly, major persecution from the charismatic church of America. It's been freaking crazy. And the reason is because of this bewitchment. Bewitchment is the substance of Jezebel, your arch nemesis, arch nemesis of Elijah, which is the prophetic, is the principality, which was a throne room archangel. You are dealing with a fallen archangel that's over millions and millions of religious spirits that influences whole world systems of charismatic bewitchment. You take this thing out, it's like the whole matrix crashes. This is not a small wrestling with individual problems. This is a universal problem. The universal problem that needs to be managed by mature prophets and apostles is Jezebel's charismatic bewitchment and God outside mindedness. And it's not. Not enough people are talking about it. This needs to be preached from every pulpit. Every church, every pastor, every member of the fivefold offices of the government of God needs to deal with the bewitchment. When you take it out, oh hallelujah, the rivers of the Garden of Eden will flow. The throne room of God will be seen. Prosperity will return to Zion, restore the fortunes of Zion. That only happens when people know God within the new covenant. I'm telling you, there was a grace for our immaturity during the church age. That grace is gone for that immaturity. Grace remains for our maturity to grow us. Grace is not a license to sin. It's an empowerment for obedience. It's an empowerment to stay in what the Spirit of God is doing right now. 
cloud by day, fire by night. It's grace that keeps you in the cloud by day. It's grace that keeps you in the fire by night. Without grace, you can't follow the Holy Ghost. He is the spirit of grace. You are in a covenant of grace. It is the favor of the Spirit of God that allows you to follow him in the invisible realm while you're still carnal, natural, and your senses are prone to worldly things. Now, you don't even need to be a prophet to know certain stuff is wrong. You don't need the prophetic to know certain external things are wrong. Where you need the prophetic is to discern good from evil. The knowledge of good from the glory of God, from spirit and soul. This is where the bewitchment is dealt with in us. In the soul's good and in the spirit's good. This is where you make it or break it. This is where you get lost, we never hear from you again, or you become a greater disciple in a greater glory. This is the dividing line, the fine line. Gwen Shaw called it the fine line. The fine line is the line between your immortal spirit in your belly and your physical heart of mommy and daddy's DNA and bloodlines in your heart. The dividing line between heart and spirit is the fine line between soul and spirit, whether you live or whether you die. This is if you make it or you don't. It's that simple. That understanding this line, this is the dividing line. The word of God divides. I've come to bring a sword that divides, Jesus said. This is where it divides. If you can cross that line from heart into spirit, you can become a disciple of Jesus Christ today. If you don't, you'll never be a disciple. You can have all the charismatic fluff 20 years in the prophetic 20 years in glory schools and going doing internships and being around signs, wonders, and miracles, but it's all soulishness. So none of it will stay with you in heaven. None of it will be yours in heaven. None of it's eternal until it goes into your spirit, until your brain starts yielding the natural realm which includes the management of finances for the benefit of your spirit. This is how you get real successful in business. When you start to use the natural realm to build up the spirit man, now you're a kingdom businessman, which is 95% of your callings out there. To use the natural realm to build the spirit realm of the bride of Christ. Enablement. Edification, wisdom, the wisdom spoken amongst the mature is wise sayings. So that every word out of your mouth is like a scripture, like Proverbs, but it's your own unique Proverbs, not like a parrot <laughs> spitting out scripture. Even birds can do that. But as a spirit that has their own message translation paraphrase of your own personal experiences and your spirit is communicating to spirit. This is how you begin to mature. You communicate out of your spirit. Your spirit learns to talk. When you're born again, your spirit can't talk. The Bible says that. When you're an infant in Christ, your spirit's not doing the talk talking, your soul is. So it's all nonsense. But you love the nonsense. You don't love the nonsense, but you love the immature Christians. You can always give them a heart sign 
when their nonsense is thrown at you. When they're soul, they can only be soulish because their spirit's not developed. It's like you're dealing with very, very young believers whose spirits do not know how to communicate out of the eternal realm of glory, out of the word of God. So all you need to do is keep the milk for the young believer is just constant love towards them, even if it's just constant soulishness coming out of them. It's always their own opinions coming out. Like, the, you know, they start to get something and it'll get, they'll get puffed up in pride, guaranteed. They'll think they know, but they barely know anything. And it's just a huge mess. You're raising spiritual children and the children are in their 40s. So it's weird. It's, you know, like 40 year olds in diapers. And it's like 25 year olds that still wet their bed. And it's very real and you deal with it constantly. And it's that literal of constant changing of diapers of infants in Christ. There's a lot of infants in Christ that have been going to charismatic church 50 years. You deal with them every day. Because the only way you mature into a place of power and authority is if your spirit learns how to communicate and talk in the Word of God, in the blood of God, and in the water of God. Maturity is simply spirit that has peeled back the soul, peeled back the mind, and has control over the motor functions of the temple. And when the spirit starts to speak, other spirits can hear it, and that's the edification of the bride. The, the Where you deal with the demonic, the demonic suppresses the spirit and does a counterfeit in the soul, so all the spirit's inheritance is still controlled by the fallen angels. That's why bewitchment is Satan's number one strategy after you're born again. Number one, to bewitch you. All the fallen angels, all the religious spirits, all the charismatic false prophetic of Jezebel is to get you God outside minded and operating into the soul and your spirit is never developed and it's always this outside thing because then they still have legal right in the spirit world to your spirit's inheritance even after you're born again. Do you understand that? So the development and the maturity of the spirit is where all the fallen angel warfare is directed. And if anyone comes into a place of weos, maturity, which is the spirit only have, having government over the soul and flesh and is accurately teaching and building up the human spirit in Christ, that's where the fallen angels direct their warfare. Amen. So we need to understand these things because we've been dealing with it. Hardcore, hardcore. And we need people to understand why and then to go into the reason why the devil is blocking people off from building up their spirit and growing in God inside minded revelation. Your inheritance is in your spirit at the cost and expense of your soul. Your soul will share in your spirit's growth. But it'll be a different experience. It'll be a glorified personality. It won't be you from wherever you're from. You'll literally be an Israelite of the heavenly Jerusalem. After sanctification is done and you are thoroughly built up in spirit and crucified in soul, you'll have no more identity with the earth dimension. 
no more identity with the American culture. Now you can lord over it, have fun, and all things all people hope to say some. You'll be the funnest people to be around, the most joyful people to be around. Doesn't mean it's like some fake false holiness that now I'm just so holy, I'm up here on the mountaintop. No, you, you'll probably have a hundred sneakers in your closet. You'll actually be more culturally relevant, superseding culture, in an angelic wisdom, an angelic genius intelligence, which will have a, a creator's ability to create, to clothe your spirit according to the enjoyment of the glory of God. The Garden of Eden is government over the natural dimension, the sun, the stars, the moon, and all the animals, and all flesh, and all blood, and all clouds, and all dirt, and all trees, and all waters, are for the entire purpose of blessing God's sons and daughters. Creation's job is to rejoice under the rulership of the sons and daughters of God. They did for a time in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve were in right standing with God, all creation rejoiced except the one-third that were under their feet. That were the serpent race in the Bible. But it had no influence over them because they were fully glorified living in the cloud and enjoying the purpose of God's creation. The Garden of Eden is literal and it's also your soul coming under the government of your spirit in covenant with the Holy Spirit learning how to live in creation underneath you fully liberated from the curse by the blood of Jesus flowing through your veins and arteries. <laughs> so suddenly you're gonna take planet Earth under your house of wine that you've been drinking in. The Earth is gonna get transported. His banner over Earth is love already. God's nature never changes. Now we just need the nations, the believers to agree with God. Repentance means the returning to the high place, but you can't repent in soul. Because the soul isn't the leader. That's not God's design. You can only repent in the spirit in your belly. All this repentance you see out here that people say, repent, 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 that's not repentance. Repentance is your spirit returning to the high place. Repentance is ascension. When your spirit is in the high place Revelation 5.10 calls it the heavenly sphere which is the place of dominion where the angels that fell took Adam and Eve's inheritance and we're now taking that dimension back that elevation, the high places Satan brought Jesus up into a high and lofty mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world that's where the high and lofty mountain is also known as the throne of David there are thrones in the second heavens. There are The Bible says there'll be a new heaven, so don't worry about the demons in the second heavens. When you're God-inside-minded, you deal with it. The Son of God in you, the birthing of His mighty waters, what comes when you're birthing? Revelation 12, the mouth of the red dragon. 
So you actually release the pure living waters into the dragon's mouth. <laughs> you will have face-to-face -face encounters with your devourer. <laughs> with your ancestry, bloodline curses and demons. And you will release a new substance into them that you've never released before which will be the living waters of the Lamb of God that will dissolve with the crystal clear living waters your spiritual enemies right out of your birthing. Birthing the divine child from your spiritual stomachs is the releasing of the mighty waters. The mighty waters are also known as the fire of God. This isn't like natural fire or natural water. This is the supernatural fire and the supernatural water that created water and fire. The spirit created all that is seen. Spiritual water created natural water. Spiritual fire created natural fire. Shekinah glory created the light of the stars. So going into divine order is going into the, the realm of the creator that created creation and when you're in the creator's realm by revelation which is the keys of the kingdom that allow your mind entrance into these realms you begin to rule the natural realm <laughs> revelate until you levitate which means build your spirit up speak revelation one to another so your spirit has such an ability to rule the natural realm and if there is a realm where you are defeated, it is a realm where you are malnourished on revelation. So what do we do? Study to show ourselves approved. We need not be ashamed. What's shame? Not being clothed in power, lacking revelation, divine ability in that area of your soul. Being from below in that area of your soul is defeated by the enemy and the enemy still has your birthright or your inheritance. If the enemy has your inheritance, it's because you're immature. And God says, mature and grow up by eating the bread of heaven, eating revelation, changing your mind to agree with the Holy Ghost, a greater discipleship, a greater humility for a greater word. A lot of people can't even get it in them because they don't have enough humility, you see. They're already full of opinions and knowledge about everything that don't work. It's called pride that puffs up. There's no rewards on it. There's no divinity on it. There's no supernatural outpouring of power and glory. It's not royalty. It's usually some false humility religious demon ripoff. So the fallen angel still has their birthright over their head. So they're in the natural realm and false success. And the fallen angel up in the heavens has their birthright because they won't actually believe the revelation. Believing the revelation is the ascension into where, where that angel has your ability. Since you are a spirit, where's your ability to rule this world? Above you. And you got to go higher, right up through your heart and brain, and you will begin to see the elevations within you, and you will understand the stairway of the heart. There's a secret stairway inside all your bodies. And if it's darkness in there, it's because the enemy has completely filled you with dirt, just like the wells of Jacob in the Old Testament, so that they couldn't have any water to feed their flocks, so you have to get undug which is get your spiritual ability, your spiritual plumbing working on the inside. Revelation gets all the dirt out, the scorpions out, the snakes out. So you begin to have your divine ability restored back to your mind. 
Not just stuck in the natural realm, working by the sweat of your brow, but now living out of the fruitfulness of your lips, out of the spring of the waters of life. You will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Why? Because there were elevations. He who ascended is also he who descended into the lowest regions of the earth. It's the internal elevations of the seven heavens of Enoch. Seven heavens of Enoch is not just out here. Seven heavens of Enoch are inside your body. Your heart has seven heavens. The seven interior castles of the soul, which is the perfecting of the seven heavens and the ability to ascend and descend as an angel that has a body which makes you greater than the angels and judgers of the angels and you already have that plumbing now all you lack the bible says it is that you may receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in intimate why intimate because it's the inside of you knowledge of god the father the father of glory amen, amen. ephesians one may grace God's unmerited favor and spiritual peace amen which means peace with God and harmony unity and undisturbedness be yours from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ may blessing praise laudation eulogy be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual given by the Holy Spirit, blessing in the heavenly realm. Where are the blessing? It's not on the earth, is it? Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for Satan has been thrown down to you. Down there you're wrestling Joe Biden. Up there, you're just devouring blessing. And both elevations are internal, and you can have below as a believer, which is bewitchment, or you can have above as a believer, which is revelation. We choose below. We're going to cage fight with Joe Biden. Hallelujah. We're going to get really political during election season, actually. I've, I've given up on Jesus. Politics are my savior. And people, people are like, dude, you gotta vote. I'll just tell you this: the natural dimension is not as dependent on American politics as you think. It really isn't. Although I'll vote all Republican for as long as there is all that stuff. I have no problem with that. I'm not like, just don't vote at all. I, I like intermingling with the natural realm. It's fun. I mean, it's like tripping on a thousand hits of acid every day. Being around normal people while I'm fried in the heavenlies. It's, it's drugs for me. I enjoy being around human beings. It's fun. At lunch, the server had a two-two-two necklace on, and uh, driving there, the license plate was two-two-two. I mean, I just—it's so fun just to go out to your door. It's like Alice in Wonderland every day. When you get whacked up in the glory, you're on a continuous Jesus trip. You are, and we never come down. We never stop tripping. We're tripping on the glory. I'm tripping right now. 
I'm actually quite permafried. When I went into Teen Challenge in 99, I was permafried on acid. Quickly, quickly, God got me per permafried in the glory. And I'll just tell you right now, the glory's worse. Glory's worse. It's like every day going deeper down the rabbit hole. And you're just constantly shocked by the depths of the spirit. The spirit will take your brain so deep that you'll never have a natural experience again. The perspective becomes entirely prophetic. It's walking on sapphire pavement. Going so deep in the glory that every single movement of your body is just, it's exhilarating. Even dropping stuff. You know, it's even exciting breaking stuff. Like, you, when you're fried on the Holy Spirit, everything is fun all the time. Accidents are fun. Successes, victories, fa failures are thrilling. Do you realize everything you go through with the Holy Ghost is is wonderful because it's causing your spirit to grow in wisdom. That's why it's fun. When you're younger and you think things are more dependent on the natural realm and the perfection of the natural realm, which means you're totally deceived, then you don't have joy in everything. But as you're more and more fried in your spirit and the Holy Ghost is just taking over your senses all the time, everything is thrilling. The good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed the betrayal. I've enjoyed the persecution. I've enjoyed the abandonment. I've enjoyed all of the name-calling and the lying and the slandering and the gossiping. Honestly, in the spirit, it's been fun for me. There's nothing bad you can experience when you're that deep in the glory. It's all thrilling. And it just gets the enemy more irritated because they never feel good. And when you're in union with the Holy Ghost, in union with the spirit of ecstasy, everything you go through feels good. When they were feeding real Christians to lions in the first century, they wouldn't even know if their limbs were torn off yet because they were feeling so good. There's stories of people getting gored in the Roman Colosseums and their, body, their torsos torn in half. And they're so deep in the spirit, they didn't even know they were dead. And they were still talking, and you know, they're still whacked. <laughs> and they said, did they release the bulls yet? And, and the other half of their body is like 300 feet over there. And you just close your eyes and fly away. No, that's not how we're going out in the 21st century, but a lot of our brothers and sisters, that's how they went out in the first century. They went out in ecstasy. In this generation, ecstasy is going to defeat the bull. Ecstasy is going to defeat Caesar, which is your deep state, which is your political Herod spirits and these antichrists. The ecstasy and the practicing of the pleasure of God and the practicing of the presence and the Spirit of God more deeply is what's conquering your spiritual enemies. The more you enjoy God, the more you defeat Satan. Do you understand? That's the main focus. What's the main thing? It's not reading your Bible. They didn't have Bibles in the 16th century. There's no Bibles in the first century. You know, church in the first century was going to someone's house and if you're lucky, you might have one of the apostles' little scrolls. And what they'd do is they'd sit there and read a little scroll. 
word for word. And that's it. And then just get get drunk. They call them love feasts. They get drunk in the spirit. They'd enjoy the Holy Ghost. The first century Christianity is totally different than anything you've known in American Christianity. It's much more like Joel's bar. I mean, that's true. You'd read the Bible and you'd read little scrolls, but there was no Bibles. All you had was little tiny manuscripts. And a lot of places didn't have that. It was just orally reciting what they've heard from other more mature Christians and just in trying to enjoy the Holy Ghost as much as they could people and feeling God and feeling his presence and that's what growing in faith is growing in faith is growing in your ability to enjoy him if you're not enjoying him just press the reset button on your life it's not Christianity it's religion religion is paganism religion is actually the occult You know, you can't get deeper in the occult than obeying a religious spirit. A religious spirit is a spirit of the occult. Ooh, awfully quiet in there. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. You know, a lot of Christians are coming out of the occult, and that's why they weep and gnash their teeth. It's a hard realization that you need a hard reset from everything you've ever known being a total freaking lie. And people can't receive that when they're puffed up in pride that your Christianity is actually the practicing of the occult. You see? It's true, but who can receive it? You know, when you're soulish in your Christianity, you're practicing paganism. It's not Christianity. Christ is a spirit. Remember, he's called the spirit of Christ. Out of your belly will flow rivers. The only Christian down here is the one living out of their belly the rivers of the Holy Ghost. Nothing else is Christianity. If you're not in the rivers, you're not yet a Christian. It's true. What else is there? Is there another expression just didn't make it into the New Testament that is this hidden from the book? Something that Jesus and his apostles don't know about? (laughs) Maybe, Maybe we should illuminate Jesus as to our Christianity since we're so right. And since we already know everything. And just let him know, no, this is how you do it, God. Watch and learn. But it's more like watch and burn. (laughs) Oh, God's way is a lot easier. The only reason why it's been hard is because we've been doing it our way. Once we actually get some revelation into our spirit, which is divine intelligence, it gets a lot easier. Because when divine intelligence is the word working in your spirit. Counterfeit barbarian Neanderthal is religion working in the brain. You get dumber and duller the more religion you get in your brain. Until you're so deceived, you're solitarsis, you begin killing people in the glory with glowing faces as angels. You can't get more deceived than a solitarsis who has perfect theology in his entire brain. But he's killing God's sons. So we need to get into the spirit. Our life depends on it. Get into the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, shake and bake and quake these people and set them free. Release the deliverance angels. Burn up everything in the brain that's connected to the insane. We need our minds 
In the glory chimes. <laughs> Just flapping around in the third heaven without a care in the world. Completely fathered. You know, the more you're fathered by God, the more you go on autopilot. He's the father of spirits. All you gotta do is let your spirit be fathered. Most people won't do it. Because you have to give up the little pacifier and the blankie of the soulishness of your own control because you can't trust anyone because you've been so wounded as a human being by everything. This victim mentality. You don't know what happened to me. I know you had an animal experience, which is living in hell. I'm sure of that because that happens to everyone who's ever lived. Now let's get out of hell and get into heaven and have an angelic existence in the Zoe life of God and start living in the kingship of the Son of God who died for us and stop feeling bad for ourselves all the time. You go from self-pity to rejoicing always. You go from self to spirit and begin to follow Christ in the spirit. You won't even care about yourself anymore. They loved not their lives. They loved not themselves. That's how they overcame the devil. Revelation 12, 11. If you're looking at yourself and trying to build up yourself, adding Christianity to the self-nature is the highest level of sorcery. Most Christianity, as you've known it, in the USA is the highest degree of fallen angel sorcery, which is the adding of the new covenant and the revelations of the new covenant to the self and soulish nature. That's the epitome of selfishness, and that's why we've dealt with this mess, and it's been so ugly since the beginning. And he's sending mighty prophets to completely ob obliterate the soul realm. We're not making any peace treaties. We're not here to make peace. We're here with the sword of war to destroy the animal nature with the white dove and its glory and its fire so that the soulish can no longer counterfeit and deceive the believer to think they're right with God with an external false form of Christianity, which means all deception is marked for slaughter. We're dealing first with the house of God. Judgment is a wonderful thing. Judgment cleanses the soul. The mind is so bewitched from an enculturation of false Christianity that the truth is the enemy to most Christians right now. Most Christians, if they were to tune in to this broadcast, would say this is demonic. It's true. We've tested millions. Most of them think the very revelation that would set them free from bewitchment is the enemy. Because to be in the enemy is to be possessed and oppressed by a spirit that won't let you be set free. Doesn't let you eat revelation. Revelation that builds up the spirit is not allowed in Jezebel. It's a false revelation. Now they do call it revelation. And this is where it gets so confusing. They do teach and they have a similar type of vocab to the apostles and the sons of God. But the only difference, and this is how you'll know them, one is for the soul and the other is for the spirit. If they never go into the invisible part of them below their heart, they're as false as false gets, no matter how true their teachings are. I've seen thousands of them. Hucksters, salesmen, hirelings. They pretend to be loving, but if you disagree with them, it's a soulish debate. <laughs> now, if you disagree with the Spirit, it's a different level of disagreeing with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and that's why you can rejoice over the disagreement, and there's no offense. Because when you're in the Spirit, 
you're in such a realm of glory. It is the evidence, the fruit of the vine, evidence you'll know them by their fruit, that they are in union with God in heaven currently in those bodies. Their brain is attached to the vine and they're bearing much fruit, fruit that lasts. But a person whose mind is not attached to the Spirit of God through the sacrifice of their soul is very flimsy. They're easily offended because the only thing they have because of a neglecting of their spirit is their own soul. They don't even know there is a spirit in which to build up treasures in heaven. For the deceived and the bewitched of the believers, which is the vast majority, building and storing up treasure is an external thing like in space. You've known that, you've seen it, you've money, you have thought of it. Some of you think that right now. <laughs> but the building up of the treasure house is the treasure in your bellies. I'm telling you now. And it, it don't even matter what your body type looks like, that will change. We have way too high of an assessment in the natural realm. God will restore the natural realm as you prioritize the building up of your spirit chiefly on eating revelations from the Holy Ghost. A real prophet will only speak revelations of the Holy Ghost constantly. Even if you're talking about hockey, baseball, you could be talking about the gasoline prices, there'd still be revelation in there. Because only a spirit is speaking when you're speaking to someone who's mature in Christ. There's no natural subject to a spirit being. Because the spirit is talking. The spirit and the bride say come. What is the bride? One who speaks by the spirit as a spirit with the flesh having no government over the spirit. They're free from Satan. That They've overcome the world. <laughs> Getting the whole realm of the natural off of your spirit by revelation is the overcoming of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> For he foreordained us. So there's nothing to prove. Last night was really fun for me. I've never had a Joel's bar where I just read the Bible. And so I'm going to do that more often. The Lord was telling me, he's like, you know, that's what they did in the first century. They just went into houses and they read the little scrolls from the apostles. I really enjoyed that. We've always had uh, some scripture, but never entirely all scripture. So it was a brand new thing for me and I, I don't even... So I just love letting the Spirit take over. You get some in these, in these places where people have an expectation and, a, and a, a presentation of what it's supposed to look like, even in a Joel's bar. You know, we're, we're outside the church, outside the four walls. We're like John the Baptist pioneering the river outside the synagogue structure. I tell you what, people will still get religious around you outside the synagogue structure. You have to keep that whirlwind spinning. The main thing is that the spirit is in control of the brain, because oftentimes people overcomers that have overcome much will still need that refresher they'll still need that cyclone to just a spin a spin cycle 
to get their mind out of the natural dimension of any status quo, of any complacent satisfaction, of anything in the natural realm that becomes a box. Anything that becomes predictable for the stinking brain. That's what it's about. If the stinking brain can predict it, it's time for a new whirlwind. You need a baptism of a cyclone upon your soul. Lord, turn up the spin cycle on everyone to get your whole soul out of the realm of the dead into the realm of the glory. It's going to take a shaking. People's brains are connected to stuff in the natural realm. Paul says in Corinthians that they're connected to altars of demons. You know what that is? That you're, you've settled for living in the natural. That your mind is okay with these elements, with these molecules, with these atoms. We're not okay with the current situation. We want to completely shake the natural realm. And in order to do that, you have to shake your soul. And your spirit can't be shaken. Christ can't be shaken. Christ can't even be killed a second time, Hebrews says. So that Christ will rise through calamities. Christ will rise through terrible things. Because Christ is perfected already at the right hand of God. And Christ is in you. How do you realize the glory? You usually have to get rid of all that crap around Christ that you've put on him, that you think is him. It's not him. It's just your beliefs about him. It's just soulish garbage. It's false Christianity that you've added unto him. And as calamity and different things, testings, pressure systems, storms of life, relational problems, pride, your own sin, all kinds of junk, whatever the animal goes through, all of it gets shaken, and that's part of your growing so that Christ, who's in you, starts to be seen more. If you just flow through life, oftentimes those people never discover Christ. They mostly never will. The disciples had to go through much in order to discover him much. Look at the woman at the well. Five husbands. And the man she's living with now is not her husband. So that's, and who's the seventh? Jesus, the well, discovering Christ in her spirit was her seventh husband. True story. John 4, it is written. So in order to discover seven, she had to go through six, 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 all of the beast, all of the realm of the dead. And there was nothing there. Still completely lifeless, empty. The earth dimension cannot satisfy. It's all delusion. It's all idols. Now, the, spirit, the spiritual dimension in the seventh dimension of God, the seven spirits of God, the seven golden lampstands, the seven angels in his right hand, they can fulfill. They can satisfy. And we need a people fulfilled and satisfied on the seven that are not going through just learning three, four, five, and six, which is often where we are in our infancy in Christ, because we're not fully convinced to be completely married to the seven. It's called mixture. A little leaven leavens the whole lump, and that's why you don't feel the presence of God's Spirit powerfully in ecstasy and overwhelming drunkenness all the time, because you're not holy, and you're living compromised with other husbands. How many of y'all know Fotini, the woman at the well, had to leave her sixth husband in order to be married to the seventh? And she did. Accurately in church history, 
she was around and she had a company of women that were basically like nuns <laughs> that all taken vows of chastity <laughs> and they'd go around terrorizing hell city to city bringing the kingdom of heaven and they were all martyred it was pretty wild that's how you do it. <laughs> I mean, there are levels of forsaking the natural realm. I don't think you guys really realize what's available. And when, when you discover the glory more thoroughly in your spirit, and the idolatry begins to burn off, you know, like your fourth, fifth, and sixth husbands and wives and the levels of sanctification most of you are at right now, if we're honest with ourselves, to a level of zeal where seven is all that's left. I mean, we're talking about perfected fanaticism. There is a perfecting of fanaticism. Fanaticism for four, five, and six can go to hell. But fanaticism for seven, that's the zeal of John the Baptist, where you don't care, you're eating locusts, I'm staying in the river. It don't matter what it look like, I will grow my hair out past my ankles. I'm gonna look like Cousin It. I'm gonna wear my camel skins inside out to irritate me. To force my body to be underwater, because only underwater were the camel skins comforting. If they ever got dry, then it would be like sandpaper on your flesh. So it forced him to always live in the liquid glory. I mean, that's when you're just a total glory fanatic. We need to produce glory, fanaticism, merit, marriage to Jesus on a level. Not the soulish fanaticism. We've seen a lot of fanaticism of strange fire. You've seen a lot of that already. But the Bible says first in the natural, then in the spiritual. So that, that was necessary for you to know the real deal still has not come. After you go through that stuff and you have a lot of your external zeal for works mostly, and for, you know, doing stuff, whatever stuff you're doing, all this stuff, there's just all these movements and things. In Jesus' coming, they, they talked about all these other people that were trying to do the same thing as Jesus the revolutionaries and they all just got crucified or slaughtered or died i mean ended up horribly and then jesus even though he was crucified and slaughtered horribly was resurrected and beautifully released the spirit like a flood through jerusalem so it's it would have taken a lot of discernment to discern him in his first coming i mean how many of us really would have gotten it right <laughs> I think a lot less than we think. I mean, there's only four people out of 10 million that got it right in his first coming. And I mean, the odds are really against you. <laughs> we all want to think we would have just totally nailed it and been there and sold everything and just followed him. Man, almost nobody did that. And you have the same thing and the same level of opportunity today with the same prophets of the same spirit of Jesus here in the prophets. And you look how many people want to walk that closely. Almost none of them. Most of you are compromised and lukewarm. <laughs> Even the ones that tune in every day. You're not walking at the same level of commitment as first century apostles. Not yet. We're growing. I believe you will as you go through fourth, fifth, and sixth husbands and wives of different areas where you need major refinement and burning up 
and come into an end and a completion of self and a beginning and a thorough living only for the Spirit, which is seven. Seven is the number of living only for the Holy Ghost. Don't have another priority. Don't have another care. There's nothing in me that desires to do anything. When you come to an end of your self and your soul life and a beginning of only living for the Holy Ghost, that's when you're married to the seven. That's the bride of Christ. That's the place of maturity and wisdom, even though most people, when they react to the, the glory of wisdom, they react with manifestations of their idolatry and their demonic stuff comes to the surface. That's part of the process. Even all of the negative reaction and the negative manifestations that you've seen through people's time with Red Letter Ministry was necessary for their sanctification. We understand that. Not everyone can just stick around through the whole wash cycle and the dry cycle. They have to they get a little washing here, they get a little you know, soap suds here, but then they go out and they get dried somewhere else. God uses the whole planet, the Holy Spirit sent out into all the earth. But the time they have with us, that time is precious and part of their sanctification process. And so even though you wish that they'd go through the whole cycle with you unto the great fruit bearing, it's just not possible with most people's condition. It's not possible. Even in the ministry of Jesus, it was not possible for 99% of them to go through the whole cycle with him. He spent five minutes with the Gadarene demoniac. The Gadarene demoniac probably would have outdone all the rest of them. He was so dramatically transformed. Jesus wouldn't even give him two days, one day. And the rest of the time, he'd do it somewhere else. It was still with his spirit. It was still for God. He still has great rewards in heaven. But he was not one of the twelve. So you have to understand God's ways. God, when you go deeper into the glory, God will only bring you specific people. And the Father himself will bring them and keep them. A lot of people will come and go, but God the Father is letting them come and go. And so you just let the river flow. Is it bad? Yeah, you're dealing with bad stuff. It's a, it's a rock tumbler. It's not good. Sanctification is dealing with the not good. <laughs> Washing is dealing with the stains on our garments. It's all sin. It's all worldliness. It's tons of deception. No, it's absolute madness. But there's a, there's a method to the madness of how the Spirit of God washes our garments. And what is our garments? Representing the works of the saints. Representing what we're doing in the natural realm. Sometimes... We just have a cool breeze blowing on us. You're just, you have to sit in the dirty pile with wind blowing on you, the AC vent, just blasting the clothes for a while. After they've sat there long enough, then they're moved into the water. There is a process to washing clothes, which is the process of changing a believer's works. The white garments, the white linen are the righteous acts of the saints. It is written book of Revelation. Not everyone's walking in righteousness. It's actually very, very rare. In order to walk in righteousness, the mind is fully renewed to the spirit's ability and only lives and talks and communicates out of their eternal immortal spirit all the time. Like how many people are doing that? And that's what we're, true maturity is what we're growing up into. So in the meantime, there needs to be a greater release of living water 
prophesied to the four winds of heaven of living wind, the winds of change, to get people to put their clothes into the wash, to put their outer man into the living water. A desire for the living water is our accurate desire for the living God. Now, how deep we go in the water will be our eternal reward. People go into the water and they can just hang out there, the weight in the water, ankle deep in the water, knee deep, sh shoulder deep. Then we come to a place in the water where no man can cross, which means our mind is renewed for our spirit to be our only remaining ability. That doesn't mean you won't use your body, but your spirit will be using your body. Your spirit can use your body to build a house if God authorizes it. Because as your spirit man increases and your natural man decreases, your natural man gets healthier and brighter because you're going into divine order. That's actually the entrance to the Garden of Eden is the decrease of the brain and the increase of the spirit only by direct revelation from Jesus Christ, also known as the prophetic word. The prophetic word is the direct revelation. This gospel I received by direct revelation or by the prophetic word. Same thing. The living word. The word that is God breathed. The word that is inspired, which means has the ability to build up my immortal spirit. And if the spirit be built up, then the soul be transformed, and then the mind be transformed by the renewing of the mind connecting to the inspiration of the spirit of Christ in you. And the bones get drenched too, through and through. As the bones go into the water, then the real supernatural begins to become natural. You know, when your bones go in your water, then you walk through doors of light and you just transport at 2,500 miles instantly. The ability to fly like Ezekiel, like Elijah, like Jesus Christ in the Bible, all of these men flew physically like Superman through the sky because the living water was in their bones. So you have the living water in your bellies as you keep drinking it into your soul and into your brain and absorbing into your bones, your spiritual abilities will increase. That's what renews your mind. That's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance is the ever increasing living waters of going deeper in the spirit water. The spirit water has all the ability. It's just how high is it measured? And then the word is what keeps that level of water in you operating. So it's the water of the word, the Bible calls it. The word is what keeps that measure. Without the word, it's just kind of ups and downs. There's no consistency. Spiritual flakes. People be in the living water, but they don't have much word in them. You know, they're just a total basket case the next week. It's just like ups and downs, schizophrenia. But if you have a ton of word in a ton of water, you are constantly in the glory. I mean, you're like Jacques Cousteau in your own personal glory submarine. And that's the place of healthy maturity that we all need to get into with tons of living water and tons of living word. Because now you're baptized. That's called the baptism of the glory. The baptism of the glory is the baptism of living water and the living word. You have to have the baptism of the glory to live in the heavenly Jerusalem. That's the last baptism. You've had the baptism of the water. You have the baptism of the spirit. You have the baptism of fire. The fire 
I myself be a wall of fire around you in the glory within. So where the fire burns through, glory possesses. So the purification of the fire is what makes room for the glory. These are progressive baptisms. And you need all the baptisms, Hebrews 6, in order to go into more mature, advanced teaching, Amplified Classic, which is training in righteousness, which is the ability of the glory formed in your soul by the water and the word to rule this universe. The ruling of this universe is by all the water and the word in you, temples of the Holy Ghost, temples of the Holy Ghost, fully built up and resurrected to the high place as an outpouring. Each temple can cover a whole 500 mile region. You get even just one person in perfected maturity and rule over the whole planetary system. But Jesus was taken right away because that was not the point. Everyone knows God, the Son of God is perfect. And he proved that in 33 years and God took him right away. That, there's nothing there. Because God already knows that. Jesus already knows that. The issue is now man, super fallen, has to get back up into that level as the Son of God. So that you have 100 million at Jesus at 33, which is called mature Christians. Which, that's what the manifesting sons of God are. Jesus didn't have anything to prove. He created the world. He only came here to help us get there. He was taken right away. So now, the Spirit of God is building us up with direct revelation, using the Logos written word every day, fellowship, constant signs, wonders, miracles, whatever you need to go through. This classroom is big. It's a huge classroom so that you can learn what you need to learn for your spirit to conquer your soul and your body to build you back up into the original design had you never fallen in your bloodline. Which is to live completely a divine life, a Zoe life, an angelic life, and still have a body that's a temple down on the earth. On earth as it is in heaven means you're going to have to live bi-located. You're going to have to live in the heavenlies as an angel and pour out your angelic existence through the body that God created for you to connect to the earth. That's what remodels the earth. That's what restores all things in the earth. It's your spiritual elevation and the development of your spirit by direct revelation, which is your current elevation. Direct revelation promotes and elevates you to a higher elevation to rule and reign. See, not everyone's body is the same. The spirit in the body determines the actual elevation of that person's quality of life in this world. If a person is just, their spirit just low, like in a very low dirt place, they live a dog life. The Bible calls it dogs. It's the temple of the dog. It's the lower class life. And the Bible says that. It's not derogatory. It's scriptural. Temple of the dog. Now the temple of the sorcerer lives the high place life, but their inner man is connected to the devils and the fallen angels in the second heavens. And so it's stolen waters. And you only can live in that high elevation by the oppression of the dog and the control and the manipulation of the dog. That's why you have CNN and all these liberal news sources desperate to keep you deceived because that's the only way they maintain that quality of life. It's been like that for 6,000 years. That's how sorcery works. It's not a mystery. Mystery in Babylon, fully revealed. Elevations of the inner man, dog and sorcerer, scriptural, book of Revelation. 
all of it in there. Now the issue is to completely ransack that world system of Babylon the Great to bring forth the righteousness of God in Christ to a level that completely supersedes that system of sorcerer and dog by the outflowing living water and the living word in us reigning from the high place. That's the conquering of the bride of Christ. That's why she is the savior of the world. How many of y'all know? It's not Jesus, so to speak, that saves the world in our generation. It's the bride. The bride of the lamb has the lamb's nature formed in her so that she becomes equally yoked to him with spiritual ability to save the world. And if she hasn't learned to save the world, she's still in training. All the Holy Ghost is trying to do is to make you exactly like Jesus in spiritual ability. Not so much in external works, but in internal glory, the glorification of your spirit, which is the enjoyment of God. The main thing Jesus did on earth was what? Enjoy his father. In the natural realm, Jesus had more fun than anyone else on the planet. The religious people had such a hard time with him, constantly having fun. They called him a drunkard and a glutton. It's not a side doctrine. That was the lifestyle of the Son of God, and there was no sin in it. There's no sin in enjoying the Father tremendously all day long. That's what Jesus did. He was enjoying the Father in the signs and wonders. It wasn't hard. It wasn't work. It wasn't stressful. His full commitment and his full possession was simply enjoying his Father. And that's what was taken from him at the cross. Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? Because that's all he lived for. Perfection is simply enjoying God. And when you enjoy God, God can do whatever he wants through you. And you'll enjoy it because you like him. we got to get into a place of maturity where we're constantly enjoying the Father flowing through our entire bodies. The Father is flowing through your entire bodies. That's why Jesus died on the cross for the glory of the Father to flow through you like a river. That's what Adam and Eve lost in the fall, but we regained in the cross. We regained the glory of the Father. Now we can cry, Abba. Now we can cry glory in the temple continuously, and your body is the temple of the glory. And it will be a greater glory with a greater revelation and a greater manifestation and a greater elevation <laughs> through every nation until the world is as perfect as the throne of God, until the earth is as nice as Eden, and that will come about through your spirit, not through your brain. Just turn that thing off through your spirit. Your spirit has the potential to become infinitely genius. Isn't that good news? It's true. The new creature has no cap to its intelligence, but the natural creature has a cap. You're often only limited to the intelligence of your mommy and daddy in human DNA. And so that's why they get so stuck in the natural dimension because the brain limitations. So if your parents were idiots, you're an idiot. That's how it works in the natural realm. If your parents were geniuses, you're a genius. If your parents were lawyers, you often go into being lawyers and upper class. If your parents were construction workers, you just go to blue collar and you do lower class work. It's often based on that because of the limitations of flesh. All those limitations are gone in Christ. There's no caste system. There's none of that. 
That's why the enemy hates it so much. There's no control or manipulation for those who are in Christ. You can go as high as you want in any system beyond Buckingham Palace, write that on your spirit. You can go higher than all the 13 crown families of Europe. You can go deeper than anything you could ever imagine. There are no caps to how bright your spirit can get in Christ. Now it's gotta be spirit. Don't think this means you those limitations come out of your flesh because then you'll find the limitations are still there. You might get deceived by a demon spirit and they'll say they're not there, but they will be, and that's how you get bewitched. You think you get an inheritance in the soul realm, the demon knows you don't. And so they'll trick them, get them into covenant through a false inheritance in the counterfeit of the soul, and that's how most Christians get bewitched. But if you can stay in your spirit and, get, and stay real, all the limitations will burn off your soul and your animal and your spirit will shine ever brighter. Your spirit will always be ever increasingly more genius, which is brighter with Shekinah glory. And so there becomes a point where you go on autopilot from the, the sheer brilliance of the word of God in the believer's spirit. This isn't man. This is not something you can boast about. This is the work of God. This is the gospel of God, the salvation of man through Jesus Christ. His ability formed in our spirit in the ever increasing glory, which is brightness of the human spirit, which is our new mind of Christ. The mind of Christ will rule this earth shortly. It's not far off. The genius of your spirit is often unknown to your brain when you're young in the Lord. Because you've only known a system that's based on five physical senses and the limitations of the flesh, which means you're malnourished on revelation. Revelation is not the Logos written word. Revelation is the hatched word where the living light of the word, the light, the Shekinah of the word is animated through the spirit. The difference is night and day. Christians that read the Bible that don't have revelation are as dark as hell. There's nothing about God in that. But if you hatch the word, get into the revelation of the Logos, beyond the outer court into the holy place, which is the creamy center of the word, the life of the word, the seed has to fall into the ground and die, which is the outer covering coming off. So it means it needs to hatch out of the pages to become living light, sentient light sentient, intelligent light inside your spirit animated. That's how the Holy Spirit writes his word on your spirit as sentient light. It's like a constant upgrade of a programming on your angel. That's revelation. And now wisdom is using it to rule through a body, through bones and marrow, the natural realm. And you will grow in wisdom and revelation constantly for eternity, but we're starting now. And we're going to get really deep into it. The path of God shines ever brighter to the full dawn of day, which means that this path is fully understood now and we're walking in it here and now so that the heavenly glory begins to conquer the natural man while we're in training. Amen. True sonship apostolic ministry to develop and glorify every spirit to be brighter than the noonday sun in every city on the earth through social media, through internet ministry. The internet is the super highway like the Roman roads of his first coming for everyone to get the finest, 
most choicest teachings of wisdom and discipleship in the glory of God called the wisdom of the ages of the sons of God for the transfiguration of your spirit life <laughs> for the mind of Christ to completely conquer the brain and to become radiant and to become a light being and to become a bright morning star which is a son of God whose light automatically effortlessly rules creation that bright morning star light, which is the Shekinah glory of each living word written on your spirit, that sentient light will rule all creation around you effortlessly because it won't be you doing it. It'll be the word doing you. It's the spirit word, the sentient light of the word doing himself through your available spirit to his word. And that's how you get brighter and brighter like a Christmas tree. <laughs> Amen. I make all men as Christmas trees. Every day's Christmas in the glory. And we visit the earth often and leave gifts with men. It is written. Amen. Glory. Thank you, Jesus, for every day being Christmas, making us Christmas trees with all the lights of revelation and the leaves of our Christmas trees are the healing of the nations from all the madness of the fallen angels. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Tithing is not a have to. Tithing is a get to. We're not under the law. We're under grace. But just know this, in the book of Acts, nobody gave less than 10%. And if that is a struggle and hard for you, you need a heart correction and circumcision. You need revelation and animation of your spirit for your loyalty to be in Zion in the glory. I mean, these people were given everything for the advancement of the kingdom. We need to change our hearts. A lot of people struggle to give 5, 10, 20, 50 bucks into the kingdom, but buy their whole family's vacations to exotic resorts because they have no actual interest in the kingdom, and yet they call themselves Christians. We need to get the devil out of our souls because we're still living for the soul and not living for the spirit. That's why we need judgment in the house of God. We need correction. We need to be orientated for the advancement of our Father's light through our spirit, which means that our finances first and foremost belong to God and His enjoyment and His advancement of His kingdom and not us. Truth anyhow. I tell you the truth. If your money is not first and foremost for the advancement of God's kingdom, your heart is not right with God. When your heart's right with God, zeal for the Father's house will consume you. I so look forward to the day where businessmen get the heart of God for finances, for fueling the kingdom and advancing God's agenda for this generation. It hasn't happened yet at all. It hasn't happened at all. It will. It'll happen with revelation and an awakening of the spirit and an understanding of using the silver and the gold and the economic buying power from the marketplace for the priesthood like it was in the Old Testament, but now in the New Testament for the leading prophets and apostles advancing God's kingdom. In Jesus' name, speak to every heart, Holy Ghost. Speak into every mind. Let the angels assigned to every person's soul speak clearly in financial obedience for Red Letter Ministries with all clarity. In Jesus' name, some, Lord, 
They'll need visions and they'll need dreams. Confirm it to both spouses. One might be on board, the other not. I pray for the one that's not to be convicted and convinced through visions and revelations from Jesus Christ so that their natural realm is used for the advancing of the kingdom as it should in Jesus' mighty name. We're here, we mean business, we're an army, we're a kingdom, we're a government, and we need it all to come into divine order through revelation and the inspiration of the Word of God and the whole body working together for the Father's purposes in the earth for this time. And we will. There's enough grace to get it done. In Jesus' name, bless everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Glory.